Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is Could Muggles have taken down Voldemort before Harry? Hey listeners, I'm Jem, and this week I'll be arguing that yes, Muggles could have taken down Voldemort before Harry did. And I'm Rhea, and I'll be arguing that Muggles could not have taken down Voldemort. Alright, so here's the situation. We are in book six, or movie six, we are in the year of the Half-Blood Prince, and the magical Prime Minister Cornelius Fudge, closely followed by Rufus Scrimgeour, has just visited our Muggle Prime Minister, John Major, and informed him that there is a wizarding war in Britain, and that the Dark Lord has returned, and it's all going shit, and this visiting war is leaking into the muggle world and it's causing things like bridge collapses and murders and all these calamities and bad things. But rather than how it goes in the books and the movies, in our scenario, what we're going to explore is what if the P British Prime Minister, John Major, had turned to the magical Prime Minister and said, well, you've got yourself into a right mess, but it's affecting my people too, so... We're going to take things into our own hands as well, and we're going to try and take down Voldemort, just as you are. I love this badass version of John Major. <laughs> <laughs> Should I put on, like, a badass, like, voice? Like, I don't know. Oh, please put on a voice, Jem. Please put on a voice. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. This, uh, I, can't <laughs> I can't talk like a white male politician, Rhea. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I just love your bat your version of badass was alright. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Alright. Uh, I'm John Major. I have the uh the British Armed Forces in my command. Uh the commander in chief of course is uh Queen Elizabeth II, so I'll have to ask her permission first before we go to war with uh Lord Voldemort. Um <laughs> But uh, I've been in collaboration with my uh, Defence Secretary, Michael Fallon, and uh, my Chief of Defence Staff, Sir Peter Inge. So uh, I think we can get started on this um, small boys. Let's go. <laughs> By that time, eh, mates? All right. <laughs> Are these real names? Yeah. I don't know. I know the Queen, <laughs> but I didn't know those other two guys said. Oh, uh, Michael Fallon and Sir Peter. Yeah. Okay. These were the the people in charge at the time in 1996. Right. So, is um, John Major a real guy? Yeah, he was the actual Prime Minister in 1996. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought you'd gotten his name off Pottermore or something. No, no. Like, in, of course, in the books, uh, the, the British Prime Minister from the Muggle world isn't named. He's just called the Prime Minister. But I'm an IR student, so I did my research. <laughs> and I figured out all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, once again, 
Jem knows about things and Rhea knows nothing that doesn't take place in a book. <laughs> All of my knowledge is fictional. <laughs> Alright, so yeah. Who's going to kill Voldy first? Good old Harry with the prophecy or Muggles with their guns? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one year ago, <laughs> you argued that Voldemort couldn't be killed by a gun. Is that still your opinion? Because if so, I think I've just won this episode. You have not won. Voldemort could not be killed by a gun wielded by Harry James Potter, because Harry James Potter doesn't know how to use a gun. That was the question of that episode. Right. Why didn't Harry just shoot Voldemort? A classic. And my favourite yeah. episode. To this if you haven't been with us from the beginning, <laughs> listeners, you should go back to our first episode. The audio quality is not good. <laughs> it's not. And it's still not that great. But let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We're powering through. <laughs> right, so... Let's just talk a bit about logistics. In terms of military capacity, the British military is made up of about 38,000 naval ships. Um, there's 118,000 uh, army personnel, about 50 battalions. The Air Force has about 37,000 planes. So in total, that's about 194,140 people hide in the British Army. Um, <laughs> so- Holy shit, Jeff. <laughs> was not expecting you to come out with those numbers. We also have uh, four ballistic missile SOPs and 160 operational thermonuclear warheads, if need be. Although that is um, that is the last resort. <laughs> yeah, especially because Voldemort is on British soil. <laughs> well, like I said, last resort. Uh, but <laughs> it's just there. All right. So, what 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 are your opinions first before we get started? Then, like. The tactics, I guess. Oh, uh, I... Uh, wow. <laughs> I was so not expecting you to know the numbers of soldiers. <laughs> I just want to know, what do you plan to do with that? All right. So another asset that I'm just going to mention is uh, MI5, which is the National Security Service for Britain. Right. MI5, basically, they'd be my spy and um, intrigue service. Technically, MI5 is not allowed to assassinate people technically, but we don't really know. We don't know if that's the case. <laughs> like, I'm not in MI5, okay. so I don't know if they just say that for their that public who... image. <laughs> MI5, is that who James Bond works for? No, that's MI6. He's an international spy. And, and James Bond is not an accurate right. measure of what a spy actually does. <laughs> He's a terrible, yeah. terrible spy. But again, spy. I don't know anything... <laughs> I don't know anything unless it's fictional, so you have to relate everything back to something else. Yeah, MI6 is international, MI5 is national. So it's all internal stuff. It's okay. like how we have ASIO and ASIS in Australia. Um, okay. Right. You know the difference? <laughs> A great reference for our international audience. <laughs> okay. So, some of my strategies. Right. So, first of all, these aren't necessarily in order of how things occur chronologically in the books. They're just like ideas I came up with, but I want to pitch them to you and see what you think. Okay. Obviously, your like right. side of the battle is you have all of like the Voldemort knowledge, I'm guessing. You know like what Voldemort can do and what he can take, right? Yeah, Voldemort's very powerful. Okay, cool. Okay, uh, the first one is I send in spies. So maybe I'm looking at an MI5 or wizard cooperation. I'm not sure. Um, it's going to be tricky to try and get muggles to pretend to be wizards if they're not, if they don't have the cooperation of wizards. So that's that's going to be the tricky bit. Okay. Their objective, find Voldemort. Where is he? 
This is all intelligence gathering. They're not going to try and kill Voldemort or anything <laughs> like that. Um, who works closely with him? What are his plans? Those are the three operations. It's just intelligence gathering. They need to be trying to answer those three questions as best to their ability. So either if they work, okay. if they try and like, I don't know, if they're trying to work with people who are already on the inside, getting some blackmail on them, promising them some amnesty after all this happens. So working with some lower rank Death Eaters or Snatchers. What do you think about that strategy? Okay, well, first of all, just where is he? That's a great question. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> where is Voldemort? <laughs> I think one of the main reasons why wizards didn't kill Voldemort just on their own is because they didn't fucking know where he was. Yes. <laughs> Voldemort's a sneaky boy. He likes to hide. But, you know, so did Bin Laden. And Muggles still managed to find him. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Yeah, how long did that take? It took a while. But I'm just saying, like... <laughs> Voldemort's not out there, like, d- like de- defending himself against satellite technology and, like, fucking CNN or anything like that. So, <laughs> muggles have a bit of an advantage in that way. Okay, but <laughs> to go back to your grim example from before, Bin Laden couldn't fly or turn himself invisible or teleport or read Yeah, minds, that's good. All of which Voldemort can do. Mm. And you only have two years to take him down because by then Harry will have done it. And the point is to take him out before yeah, Harry before does. Harry does in 1997. I, I mean, yes, Voldemort can turn invisible and read minds and things like that. But, you know, can, like he is, walk, he is like flying around the countryside. Surely like some kind of cameras or like, like scanning technology from satellites would pick up on that, would be able to find him and locate him if they've got like facial recognition. I don't know, this is 1996 though. That technology was there, but I don't know if facial recognition was a thing. Maybe not. Even with facial recognition, like you'd need to have a photo of him. Has Voldemort ever been photographed? Maybe at the orphanage he was. But then his face has changed so much since then. Yeah. Okay, so we're looking for this 10-year-old boy <laughs> Okay, from this photograph from the fucking 20s. Right. Yeah, I see your point. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, people know what he looks like, so they can make that description, but they wouldn't have a photo, so they can't do facial recognition. But, I mean, if they're looking for Voldemort, yeah. they won't mistake him with someone else by being like, oh, hey, there's also another guy in fucking Leeds who has no nose, is pale as hell, and looks like sin itself. <laughs> red eyes. <laughs> what I'm saying is Voldemort's pretty distinctive. If they caught him on some kind of traffic camera, on any kind of camera or satellite, they would know it was definitely him. I Look, satellite has some credence because he he's is flying, flying around. around. But I don't think that he's like, I don't think he's wandering the streets of London no, to be caught he's by not a traffic really camera. London. I'm pretty sure he's spending, he's spending most of his time like hidden away in Malfoy mm. Manor. And Muggles, I don't think Muggles can get to Malfoy yeah. Manor. I don't think they can see it yeah. or find it. So then, it. it's probably like unplottable, watered, surrounded by you know, notice yeah. me not charms and Muggle repelling charms. And in terms of Voldemort flying around, I'm not sure how good like the air security would be in 1996 at this point because this is before 9/11 when like national air security mm-hmm. and terrorism networks just went through the fucking roof after that. So they mightn't have been as high tech yeah. back then. Like, tracking a plane that's flying through the air is so different than tracking, like, mm, a lone human who's flying through the air. And again, can teleport as soon as yes. he's noticed. okay. So I guess most of my espionage will rely on word of mouth and, like, people seeing him in person. 
or things like that. So that mm-hmm. isn't as reliable for muggles as I would like it to be, but it still can work if I have people infiltrating or if I have mm-hmm. infiltrators that I'm blackmailing or like promising amnesty or something like that and using them. It's just an option. Uh, again, I, I don't think infiltrators mm-hmm. will work because Voldemort can also exactly. read minds. So anyone who gets close mm. to him, like close enough to see him, yeah. which is what you want, because you want word of mouth, yeah. Yeah, he's going to exactly. know. So, yeah, that's the problem, because he can read minds, but it's unclear whether he's using legitimacy on everyone that's around him all the time. It's only if he's making eye contact with you and focusing on that one person. So if it's someone like nonchalant, not really mm-hmm. drawing attention to themselves, maybe in the back of the ranks, just sort of sweeping into the room, like to give them coffee or something and leaving. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know, fucking wizard coffee, whatever the fuck he drinks. Sure. <laughs> is this a muggle or is this a death eater I've, that you've I said bribed? either. It could be a wizard that we bribed or it could be a muggle. The thing is, if it's a muggle, it's so there's no way we can protect them. Because, like, sure, we can give them... Yeah. We can't give them body <laughs> so armor like- against the, the fucking death curse. We can give them a gun, but... Mm-hmm. What if they? What if like the wizards sense that they have a gun on them somehow? So it's hard. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm tempted to go with wizard infiltrators. The idea of like fucking James Bond or something somehow infiltrating the Death Eaters. I know. Like, how? I know. How did that happen? I'm basically thinking what I would like is to have wizard. So wizard infiltrators. So wizards who are willing to. It go under a spy role, probably not auras because everyone knows who the auras are, but like someone, I don't know, someone who's willing to do it. Mm-hmm. And then they're trained by muggles because all the fucking wizard types of infiltration are done by magic. They're polyjuice potion, they're invisibility cloaks, notice me not charms. Those can be swiped away by magic. But if you have well-trained mm-hmm. people who are just under the radar floating through, that's more useful, I think, in trying to find out just basic information about Voldemort's whereabouts, what his plans are, and who is, who's in his close circle. Because then it can't be detected by curses and magic. But they need to be trained in occlumency as well. They would. So they do have to be wizards. You can't send muggles in. Yeah, it'd have to be wizards. So automatically, that's disqualified you, because the question is, can muggles defeat wizards? Okay, all right, all right, all right. Next strategy. I mean, can okay. muggles defeat Voldemort? Next strategy. I'm thinking you're going to like this one. Snipers in planes. <laughs> so. <laughs> in planes. Excellent. It's the beginning of seventh year, Deathly Hallows. The Seven Potters plan. So. <laughs> oh, uh, flashbacks. <laughs> Oh, how the turntable. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, obviously, I'm, in my uh, scenario, I'm imagining that the Order of the Phoenix is keeping the the British muggle-like forces that are trying to fight Voldemort up to date with what their plans are. Because they're trying to, like, they're not working together. They're not working together, <laughs> but they are in respect of one another. It's like, okay, so what have you been doing? Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we've been doing. Like, they're knowledge sharing. I can allow that because it is it. Sorry, the book does establish that Kingsley Shacklebolt was working in the Prime Minister's office, and he's a member of the Order of the Phoenix. So that's not outrageous to me. And otherwise, it won't make any sense because Muggles will have no way of finding out where Voldemort is 
or what what what's going on with Voldemort or any information about Voldemort. Yeah. If they don't if they're not working with the order mm-hmm. or alongside the order. Okay. Okay. So so uh during the Seven Potters plan basically the British military sends in some of its air force and tries to snipe Voldemort out of the sky. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Do you know how incredibly <laughs> difficult it is to try and hit, like, a flying target? I don't know from personal experience, but I can imagine that it would be very, very tricky. But these are very well-trained military. <laughs> like, I mean, the British military is probably one of the best-trained ones in the world. <laughs> What's that based on? <laughs> I mean, they did own the 50% of the world for a, a long time, so <laughs> you'd imagine they'd be pretty good at combat. <laughs> Just historically. <laughs> Uh, Remember colonialism and how shit that was? <laughs> God, Rhea. <laughs> oh. oh, vividly. This is just... <laughs> I was so not expecting this to go this way. You're throwing my own arguments back at me and right, I'm so, so mad at you. <laughs> we, have, we got some snipers in uh, Spitfires. Why am I imagining like World War II planes? Like, just planes or whatever it is. Uh... <laughs> No, no, no. World War II like, era planes. Like, this is this is the perfect honor guard for Harry. Um, and their mission is to eliminate their target, which is Lord Voldemort, the Dark Lord, uh, <laughs> as he is flying through the sky. If you remember, <laughs> there is a part in the movie in which Harry, in which Harry disappears, uh. and Voldemort like causes a power outage throughout. Fucking sorry by crashing into like giant power lines. That would be an opportune moment to mm-hmm. snipe him. Like, <laughs> I think personally. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay, I've calmed down enough now <laughs> to rebut this. First of all, your idea that snipers work from planes—that's not how snipers work. <laughs> Snipers don't. Um, <laughs> snipers like set up a vantage point and wait for a shot, and like take people out from a distance. <laughs> snipers don't fucking zoom around in planes. <laughs> yeah, okay, gun planes then. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, I hate this. Maybe the Muggles know where Harry Potter himself is going for the safe location, which is the Tonks's house. And so we have a sniper waiting there as well. We have some snipers, not just yeah. one guy. We have, like, several snipers surrounding the house just in case, you know, the Dark Lord himself shows up. Okay. I, I really <laughs> want to back up. How, how does the Muggle Prime Minister <laughs> convince the military <laughs> to be like, okay, so there's going to be a fucking wizard battle in the sky on this day in this place, and we need to set up a ring of snipers around this invisible house. I mean, they're the military. They're trained to follow orders. Are you telling me that right now, if the Prime Minister was like, there's going to be a wizard battle and we need to go stop it, that nobody would be like, um, sir, maybe you need to lie down. Look, my assumption going into this episode was that the scenario was that Scrimgower explained to the Muggles quite clearly what was going on and the Muggles took it on board. Like, that was the scenario we were presented with. So it's not a matter of John Major having to convince the leaders of the military that wizards are a thing and they have to fight against them because that's already been established. 
okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't quite get that, but I'll accept it as true. Let's so uh, if there's planes flying around with guns, could they shoot Voldemort out of the air? Mm-hmm. I think they might get in a surprise round against Voldemort, but as soon as he realizes <laughs> that there's like muggle planes zooming around shooting at him, he's gonna take defensive measures. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so do you remember that um special protective ball thing that he made around Nagini at the end of the seventh book? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I think he'll just wrap that around himself to stop any bullets from getting him. Right. okay, fair. Alright. Okay, uh, here's a different strategy I had. Um, Mm -hmm. Basically, it's a similar sort of thing. It's an air raid. This time we're going to drop a Blitzkrieg on Malfoy Manor. Um, Oh, my God. (laughs) So my question is, I tried to research this. Where is Malfoy Manor located? It just says the British countryside. But, like, how close is it to other civilian populations? (laughs) Uh, I know that it's in Wiltshire, Wiltshire, however you pronounce that. All right. But I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I'd assume that it'd have to be kind of removed from Muggles to be its own, like, separate little place. So, mm-hmm. you know, with 1996 technology, you could get that accuracy down and sort of just go nuts at Malfoy Manor. The thing is, will a missile or a bomb get through the protections that are around Malfoy Manor? And not just one bomb, but several bombs, like a consistent air raid. I, how do you think that they're going to find it? You Sorry, you just sort of skimmed over that. Oh, uh, yeah. Like I said, this is this would have to be going hand in hand with, I mean, Malfoy Manor, like, it's, they know it's somewhere in Wiltshire, right? Like, it can't be so secretive. It's like, a, it's, a, it's an estate that's been there for centuries for a rich, pureblood family. Yeah, but it would be unplottable. So that it doesn't appear on Muggle maps. Okay, well that's... And it could be disguised, like the Hogwarts castle is disguised, so that when Muggles look at it, they only see, like, a dilapidated ruin. It could be so. But if wizards know where it is, then Muggles know where it is. (laughs) I strongly disagree with the idea that if wizards know where it is, Muggles know where it is. Okay. That's just flat out untrue. Well, why is that so untrue? Because... If if muggles are getting some information, if there's knowledge sharing going on between the order and the muggles, right? And the, like, okay, sorry. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, so how do the wizards know that Voldemort is staying at Malfoy Manor? That's not yeah. really common knowledge. Yeah, that's the only thing. I mean, it says in the wiki that Voldemort spent the majority of his time at Malfoy Manor, so it'd have to come mm-hmm. out of spying or just asking around or trying to figure out where Voldemort is from both the Wizarding and Muggle-Lens to try and pinpoint where he is. If they do pinpoint that he spends most of his time at Malfoy Manor, then this could be one of the strategies that Muggles use. Okay. Also, what kind of authorization goes into bombing (laughs) your own soil? (laughs) Like, is it okay to just drop bombs in British airspace? Well... It depends on whether or not the international community believes state terrorism is a thing that exists or not. At the moment, they don't believe it exists. <laughs> so, you can probably get away with it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. All right. You'd probably be shunned a lot and called a <laughs> terrible government and criticized for human rights abuses. But is anyone <laughs> going to really do anything about it? Probably not. And that's the state of international affairs today and in 1996. Okay. And it's really depressing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, 
John Major gets voted out at the next election. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Prime Minister, why'd you drop all them bombs? Because of wizards! <laughs> They're out there, I tell okay. you. Oh, man. How do you think Voldemort would handle an air raid? I think he'd just teleport away. <laughs> I think he'd just be like, fuck all you Death Eaters in your fancy house. Goodbye. That's, yeah, that's yeah, I think right. everyone would just teleport out of there. Okay. That's if the whatever shielding or warning there is around in, around Malfoy Manor couldn't handle whatever was being dropped on them. Okay. I have... Uh, all right, there's basically uh, two more options and one like side thing I'd like to mention that I have here. So, mm-hmm. okay. This option is a uh, high risk, um, but there might be a reward. I, I call it the bull rush operation. So basically... Oh my god. <laughs> it's a scenario in which somehow the the British uh, muggle military and information services find out that Voldemort is on foot somewhere on the ground and they send in the boys to boots on the ground to basically bull rush the Dark Lord on land. Now, here's the thing. So, like I mentioned before, uh, in terms of an army capacity, there's 118,580 people, to be exact, so 50 battalions. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how quickly we can get all of them there, but I want to say, like, let's 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 say there's like twenty battalions coming straight to Voldemort. Let's go for extreme ca- like you numbers. Planning- <laughs> You're planning on mobilizing the entire no, army. No, Let, let's try. Let's let's start with let's start with ten battalions and see how that goes. Um, that's a fifth of the army. <laughs> right. I'm not a good tactician, Ria. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's start with ten. So. Ten battalions is like, I don't know, a fifth of 118,000. That's like math I can't do. <laughs> do you know what that is? A fifth of, what was it, 118,000? Let's round that up to 120,000. So it would be... So it's uh, 105,000? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be something like 20,000. No, <laughs> Sorry, 30,000. 30, yeah, it would be thirty thousand. Like, Sorry, I only half I only quoted the twenty and not the hundred. Yeah. Let's say about thirty thousand men. Okay. That's so many. Basically line them up and just have them rush Voldemort. Now, Voldemort might be arrogant enough to think these are just fucking muggles with their weapons. I can do whatever I like I can cast shields and just blast them with the killing curse. And that's fine. He can do that. Because there's 30,000 of them coming at him in an onslaught. Surely just the power of numbers <laughs> would overcome the Dark Lord. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think, yeah, if you could convince Voldemort to stand still in the middle of a battlefield for long enough. That's the thing. You could swarm him with 30,000 muggles. But the problem is, is that... That's the thing, he, he could just teleport. Yeah, he could just yep. literally fly away. And, like, he could also just grab the first, I don't know, ten muggles that get to him and imperio them and tell them to turn around and open fire yeah, okay. into the rest of the crowd. All right. Okay. The, the, the problem here is that Voldemort doesn't usually fight his battles, like, fairly. Like, on a actual battlefield where it's, you know, us against you. He tends to be, like sneaky and subtle like he plans and captures his targets and drags things out like this is the fucking dickhead 
who spent a year coming up with the most convoluted way possible mm-hmm. to kidnap yeah. a fourteen-year-old boy. Like he doesn't yeah. do things in plain sight. Okay. Um. All right. I just have something I want to mention. So. In the seventh book, Voldemort goes abroad, he goes to Germany, and he questions a family which must have known Gellert Grindelwald as to where the whereabouts of Grindelwald are, and then he murders the family when he doesn't give them the information that he needs. Now, mm-hmm. if we're looking at this in terms of international warfare, that would be an act of warfare against Germany by British by a British person. So I would just like to bring the fact okay. up that Muggle Britain could perhaps appeal to Muggle Germany and say, this war has spread to your borders, so therefore it's a regional war, and therefore we can invoke Article 5 of NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which states, if an armed attack occurs against one of the member states, it should be considered an attack against all members, and other members shall assist with armed forces if necessary. There are, like, I think a dozen permanent member states of NATO, including the United States of America. So that is a lot of military power that could be going into this war. So if a if a British <laughs> citizen, if Voldemort mm-hmm. attacks some German citizens, isn't that Britain declaring war on Germany by that rule that you just said? If you're looking at it as a civil war, so Britain's in civil war, magical Britain, well, half of magical Britain versus magical mm-hmm. Britain, and then that half magical Britain is also averting Muggle Britain. So it's a bit of a civil mess. But then if that uh, off-branch of magical Britain, which is a threat yeah. to non-magical Britain and magical Britain, threatens magical Germany, then that could be considered like uh, a faction mm-hmm. of Britain threatening international warfare between another magical faction. So that could be seen as war leaking over, going transboundary. I don't think Voldemort has the authority authority well, to it- declare war. <laughs> like, if we're going with your scenario where um, the muggle and magical ministries are working together, then, like, Voldemort doesn't represent any sort of government. He's a terrorist. If a terrorist launches an attack on enemy soil, not enemy soil, on, like, a foreign nation's soil, like, isn't it just a terrorist group? It's not like you don't declare war against the entire country. But Voldemort and the Death Eaters do take over the British ministry early in the war. So they are the British magical government, oh, okay. technically. Even though Voldemort didn't All declare right. himself Minister of Magic, they <laughs> so... do have control of the British magical government. So therefore, the people who are now working with muggles to fight Voldemort would probably be the order if that hasn't been infiltrated. That, I have to, I'm getting to that later. That's another bad thing that happens. Okay. All right, I don't know enough about IR to argue against this, so for now I'm going to let you have that. I guess, yes, you could make this an international incident if you wanted to. Yes, yes, yes. All that firepower <laughs> in John Major's hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Uh, okay, so <laughs> that was just a little thing I wanted to mention. Those are all the strategies that I thought are the most viable, and then, of course, we have... The last resort strategy, which is nuke. Okay. Um, if basically, if the nuclear option, the nuclear option shouldn't be an option. This is Gem speaking, but John Major, <laughs> John Major is desperate. Apparently, um, <laughs> he's a madman. So madman. The nuke option as a last resort. I had that underlined and in capitals, and I have in brackets. It'd have to be Hogwarts because. It'd have to be 
when it looks oh like God. end days when Vol- they're getting news the muggles are getting news that the there's a huge war at hogwarts all the wizards are there voldemort is winning it's not looking good what do what does what does muggle britain do what do they think like can we we can't live in a world where our entire race is suppressed under the foot of magical evil magical britain we can't possibly defend ourselves the only thing that we can do is take things into our own hands and take the most ultimate measure that we can take. And nuke Scotland. <laughs> Still part of Britain, so it's not international warfare. Nuke a small part of Scotland, which is abandoned <laughs> and full of wizards. <laughs> Basically, obviously, this is the worst thing that the, that could happen. But I've often seen topics come up before on the internet of like, oh, what if someone just dropped a bomb mm. on Hogwarts or nuked Hogwarts? Like, surely that would like get rid of all the wizards or it would get rid of Voldemort. Weird sentiments, but okay. So, do you think Voldemort would survive if he was at Hogwarts and the Battle of Hogwarts? Do you think he'd survive a nuclear bomb? Well, I don't know. It's kind of hard to judge because we know that Hogwarts is, like, so magical and so powerful that it fucks with muggle technology. So I was thinking, like, if a plane had to fly over and drop Mm. a bomb, like, maybe all the instruments would just go haywire and the plane just wouldn't be able to. So it might not actually be possible. And then prior to the Battle of Hogwarts, like, actually beginning properly, there's that big magical shield around Hogwarts Castle. So maybe if the Death Eaters mm. hadn't actually gotten inside yet, like, the shield would protect the inhabitants of Hogwarts, but the people on the outside, like, all the citizens of Hogsmeade, and the Death Eaters and Voldemort might still be fucked. And whoever's in an 80-kilometer radius from that drop point. Which, you know, yeah. I imagine would be muggle communities. I, because, I like, is Scotland is only so big. <laughs> like... And that's pretty much all I have. I'd just like to highlight some of the weaknesses of Muggles mm. versus Voldemort, which is obvious. Um, first of all, one that I realized as I was talking about this in the episode okay. is the collectiveness of it. It's like a whole community. It's a whole society of Muggles versus one man. <laughs> so it's like, how, how do we like organize all of those institutions <laughs> and all of that population to try and take down just one man when he's so secretive, he's so powerful and so elusive, and he's from a completely different world to what these people know and operate in? It's mm-hmm. it's very difficult to overcome that like that sort of barrier. So at first, I thought that was going to be a point for me because you were saying like it's you know everybody <laughs> against this one guy, but you've sort of twisted that so that it's to my mm. advantage because you're like. Voldemort's so powerful, how will we coordinate against him? But I wanted to say that uh, Voldemort isn't acting completely on his own. Like, obviously he has his Death Eaters, so he has his minions of varying Mm -hmm. states of power and madness and loyalty to him. But he Mm -hmm. also has a bunch of dark creatures on his side, so how are Muggles going to fare against, like, an army of giants, werewolves, acromantula, Inferi, and the worst of all, Dementors. Mm. Well, yeah, Dementors, they're kind of fucked because they can't see them. In terms of the others, though, I think a good solid combination of Blixkriegs mm. and land warfare yeah. could take down some giants, Necromantulas, and stuff like that. 
but this is like this is a horrible, horrible war that you're proposing. It's a horrible war, but this is where it's gone, <laughs> I guess, in the episode. God, it's like Rome total war. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just imagining like a fucking army of like giants and huge spiders yeah. and the living dead like marching through London or something for the soldiers in the streets. This is a terrifying reality. It is. But it'd be kind of cool to read about. Like, <laughs> Giants would be tricky. I just don't think muggles would stand a chance against that. It's too uh, far outside of their realm of reality. Like, it, it's just not the sort of thing that you're prepared to deal with when you join the army. I think people would break. Undead. I mean, zombies is kind of common in the muggle culture that might be able to be comprehended because it's like okay they're still humanoid they can still burn Mm. and they can still be shot down if you get their brain or something like that but yeah giant spiders i mean fuck that if i join the army like to you know Mm. protect my country and there's a giant spider coming towards me like fuck that i was not signing up for that (laughs) no thank you (laughs) and werewolves as well like fenrir greyback's pack I know they're only a problem, like, one day a month, but Jesus Christ, are they a problem on that one day? Can muggles become werewolves, though? I always assumed yes. Because then that's an asset for the the muggle military. Oh, if they get turned into werewolves. Yeah, imagine, like, muggle military, werewolf division. (laughs) (laughs) Special ops. Well, they would need support from the wizarding community to provide them with wolfsbane potion. Because otherwise they would just be rabid animals. Yeah. And you can't use rabid animals in warfare, Jurassic World. Like, you just can't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm quoting the real-life example, Jurassic World. (laughs) But then again, I mean, animals have been used in war. Like, that that Russian bear. That was a good boy. Like, that's happened, like, you know, horses, (laughs) dogs, bears... They're all used in war. Monkeys? <laughs> Spiders? Oh, man. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'd like to point out some of the more weaknesses of muggles. Uh, no magic, mm. obviously. Uh, but JK has stated that a muggle, a muggle with a gun could take down the average wizard with a wand. So, yeah. in that sense, I'm getting that there's a bit of parity between trained military soldiers versus the average mm. Death Eaters or Snatchers. If the soldiers are quick and efficient enough, they could take down a wizard that has a wand. In that sense, that's kind of encouraging for muggles. Yeah. Well, I think that comes down to expertise. Mm. Because I think like a trained soldier with a gun could take down an average wizard. But a trained wizard could take down the average muggle. So if you had a trained soldier with a gun versus a trained wizard with a wand, that'd be interesting. (laughs) Yeah, that's a more difficult fight. Mm. I'm just remembering mm-hmm. in, mm. I think, sixth book, when they go to we- Weasley's Wizard Wheezies, or Weezers, oh. and Fred and George were saying, yes. oh yeah, we've had to make these hats that create shield charms to sell to the Ministry of Magic. That's fucked. Because most of the employees <laughs> yes. of the Ministry of Magic don't know how to cast a proper shield charm. And like, well, that makes sense, because most of the employees of the Ministry of Magic aren't auras, they're like desk jockeys, they're just office workers. Like, I don't know self-defense. I work in an office. But a shield charm, you learned that at age 14. That's something you'd want to remember in a world where things are trying to kill you, like ghouls and shit like that. But most wizards aren't dealing with ghouls on a day-to-day basis. 
it just it doesn't seem realistic to me. That basic form of self-defense, like casting Protego, is elusive to most wizards working in the government. That's really concerning. Mm-hmm. Another weakness I have here is the Voldemort taboo. Muggles don't have a culture of fearing Voldemort's name. And so mm. in terms of the taboo, it depends on how the whole issue is introduced to them. Do, they ex- do the wizards explain that, yes, the Dark Lord's real name is Voldemort? Does that come up at all? If it does, muggles mightn't have much of an issue with calling him Voldemort rather than Dark Lord. Uh, and so that could be an issue in terms of if the military is just strategizing something and then suddenly a bunch of Death Eaters get a notification ding, <laughs> that someone's used the name Voldemort in, in like London, so they show up in London and try and attack. But my other point is, if the military catches on to this taboo, maybe they can set traps. Is it uh, a like sort of minor Death Eaters and Snatchers that get the that call to the response? Yes, it is. It's not the major players, it's the Snatchers and low-grade people. Yeah, so like we said before, a soldier could take down a wizard with a wand. Mm-hmm. Especially if they've set up an ambush. Another possible advantage for your side, okay, in your scenario, is it just the politicians and the military and the queen who knows about Voldemort or has uh, good old John Majors like done an announcement to the good people of Britain? Is it everyone, all the muggles who know? I I would like to think. It's, diff- it's difficult, though, if it's like... I mean, you'd have to break the statute of secrecy in order to tell the Muggle community. And I'm, I'm wondering if, like, the Wizardmont, the United Nations of Wizards or whatever it is that exists, might prevent them from doing that, even under extreme circumstances that they're in. But even then, like, mm-hmm. you know, the Muggle UN prevents countries from doing things and countries still do them anyway if yeah. they think it's in their interest. So, I I mean, John Majors has proven himself to be a bit of a loose cannon in this scenario, so I'm going to say that he's maybe told he's maybe told the the, the like muggle public oh, that there is a war with the wizards i don't know how well this was received unless he had a lot of evidence on his side or maybe maybe a huge event happened where it was clearly magic was involved there was no memory wipes because the ministry's fallen so john majors explained what the situation is we're at war with the wizards then it causes a huge pr problem okay. of which wizards like, if people start finding out their neighbours are a witch, do they just instantly try and attack them, even if they're not a Death Eater? That's the problem. I can very much see this whole situation spiralling out of control. Easily. In this episode, we're not doing a Muggles versus Wizards war, and how would that play out? Because we will do that at some <laughs> point, but this is just John Majors v Voldemort. So let's just imagine that he has done an announcement and Muggles now know about Voldemort. I think that kind of ruins the taboo. Because the only reason that the taboo works is because all witches and wizards are terrified of saying Voldemort's mm. name, except like Harry Potter, members of the Order of the Phoenix, and others who are resisting him. But if you announce it to muggles, suddenly every muggle in Britain is like, who's this Voldemort guy? You just wouldn't be able to respond to every announcement. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, maybe they do keep it under wraps because lying to their citizens is easy enough. Okay, my last point for muggle weaknesses is ministry takeover. So when the ministry is taken over by Death Eaters and it has fallen, if the muggle like uh, PM and the muggle government had been working previously, been working at that time with both the Order of the Phoenix and the Wizarding government, then there might be a bit of a transition period. So muggles may be slow to realize that Voldemort has 
seize the ministry control, but maybe with some correspondence from the order, they might be able to cut off their ties with that, with the magical ministry and just work with the order. But if that doesn't happen, say if like the Muggle PM is just working with Rufus Grimgauer and the, uh, the Ministry of Magic, then that could be very problematic and that could cause them to fall very quickly. Yeah. This was like one of my arguments. Voldemort takes over the magical yeah. world by assassinating the Minister of Magic and planting an Imperioed proxy in his place. So exactly. if he knew that the yeah. Muggle Prime Minister was also against him, why yeah. wouldn't he just do that to the yes, Muggle Prime that's... Minister as well? Why not take over both governments simultaneously? And I think that that would be like even yeah. worse than taking over the Ministry of Magic because in the magical world, people know that mind control is possible. Yeah. Like, the general population is probably aware that Voldemort's taken over. They just can't do anything about it. But, like, if the Muggle Prime Minister just either, like, disappeared or had, like, a total <laughs> 180 of his personality, if John Major's suddenly like, Voldemort's the best, I was wrong. How's the Muggle world going to deal with that? Yeah, well, I mean, how do you deal with a government that changes its face, like, within a matter of a day and is suddenly run by someone completely different? I don't know, Rhea. I, I can't relate to that at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, as an Australian, it's not something I have to deal with every six months. Muggles are <laughs> fucked in that case, because there'd be nothing they'd be able to do. So, yeah, there is some huge barriers in place. I do like your idea of, well, because Kingsley Shacklebolt is exactly. working in John Major's office. So, yeah. Kingsley Shacklebolt is the one who sends the Patronus to Bill and Fleur's wedding saying Rufus Scrimgow is dead. Mm. They're coming. So say that he shoots that Patronus off and then he dives into a flu grate, the fireplace, and flues to the yeah. Prime Minister's office and then blows up that um, <laughs> fireplace immediately so that it's not connected to the flu network anymore. And then he's like, Mr. Majors, <laughs> Voldemort's taking control. Then the Muggles have a fighting chance. <laughs> Mr. Major's like, all right then, boys, gather the grenades. <laughs> We're going to go catch us a snake man. <laughs> Look, I really don't know anything about John Majors, and I kind of wish we'd just stuck with a fictional character. <laughs> but I like our version of him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about him either. <laughs> John Majors was a prime minister in a different country the year before I was born. I have no contextual reference for him besides a Wikipedia page that I glanced at. <laughs> but in my mind, in my imagination, he's so vivid. <laughs> I have been Jem, your John Major's representative host. I've been Rhea, your terrified of Acromantula's host. Thanks for listening to Podcast 9 and 3 Quarters. This show is written and edited by Rhea and Jem. You can send us an email at 9and3quarterspodcast at gmail.com, find us on Tumblr at podcast9and3quarters.tumblr.com, or talk to us separately on Twitter. Rhea is at SmashMouthRhea, and me, Jem, is at Jem underscore Just Jem. Please feel free to send us theories or ask us questions, and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. Our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. This week's intro music was Voldemort by Patrick Doyle, and our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You hear from us again in two weeks' time.
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.